You're listening to Bits and Pieces on Sunrise Robot. I'm one of your hosts, Matt Duncan, out of Gelsenkirchen, Germany. And I'm Mike Edwards out of Denver, Colorado. And we thrive on the support of our listeners, so please check out sunriserobot.net slash support to see some ways you can help us out. For episode six, we have a very special guest with us. Um, the bassist in the band Salt the Skies, Zeev Benjamin, also known as Benny. Hey, thanks for having me. Yeah, welcome to the show. Thank you. Um, so yeah, we just came back from our band rehearsal, our very short band rehearsal, but we did it anyway because we want to play every week. You're troopers, it's, yeah. You, we, yeah. This is recording late for you guys, like midnight or so. Yeah, it's, it's, yeah, it's ten minutes to midnight. Around midnight, yeah. Yeah, spooky ghosts are going to appear in about twelve <laughs> minutes. Um, so uh, before we go get into the meat of this episode, um, there's a little axe I got to grind here. We got to grind here. Um, so right now we're looking for bands in the local area for a gig. We're playing in, is it June or July? June. It's June. Uh, June, yeah. And it's, it's the typical thing of you, you, you're scraping every music portal and l searching on Facebook and, um, people are applying for, for the gig through some portals. And then you look at their Facebook pages and try to gauge, yeah, will it fit? Are they too far away? Do they even have any fans? And yeah, sometimes you just come across a, facebook page where it's so obvious that they have bought all their facebook likes so there was this one band i'm not gonna name them um they had like 220 facebook likes about that that number well the the number said 2226 yeah, yeah about that and then you looked at the posts on that page some pictures or a sound post or something about a gig and that post has two likes and one comment <laughs> <laughs> alarm Not bells are ringing instantly <laughs> and yeah so the thing is bands please don't do this i don't yeah like yeah, your, your example you're helping there, nobody <laughs> yeah like what did they gain from that are they trust like, I mean, yeah other than that <laughs> just suspicion because it's it's quite obvious to figure out whether these likes are fake or not uh, yeah. ba based on the activity, you know, if, if, if there's no feedback or like five likes yeah. to, to, to something you post as a band, and basically if, they're friends. If you've got 2000 people following you, there should at least be like 10% or so, at least. Yeah. That are reacting to that. And if, if, if the percentage is like 0.1, it's quite obvious that it's. <laughs> it fake. also has to be, uh, you know, just to be aware of how Facebook already makes you have to buy access to your users anyway. They, pages don't directly reach all followers anymore. You have to pay to promote your post. And they make sure every single time you post that there's any kind of popularity on it. It's like, hey, what if you promoted it? And you're like, hey, what if you never asked me that again? Yeah. Yeah, so th that's also the thing. The uh, Once you have like 2,000 likes in numbers and only a small percentage of those people actually react to that post and if all of them are bots that's pretty much a given then um yeah your reach will go down so you won't even reach your actual real fans that exist in this world so <laughs> you're you're doing yourself a disservice with this and you're doing anybody else a disservice who, who looks at your page trying to gorge so the thing is if they only had those 220 likes that are probably the realistic number there so they i guess they bought 2000 likes then yeah. the thing is, we would have looked at their profile, would have seen, okay, 
They're slightly too far away, probably won't pull that many people. Okay, let's just have a look at the next band. But this way, I mean, we're talking about them right now on the podcast. Uh, obviously, <laughs> <laughs> there, there are consequences in that. And as you said, mistrust is one of them. So even if we were interested in, in them sound-wise, if, if they start with having fake fans, where yeah. it will continue in, in other directions where, yeah, there's, there's that there's not going to be any trust in there. Yeah. I don't, I don't even trust their money handling because they just wasted money because yeah. it was worthless. <laughs> That's another aspect. Um, yeah. I mean, this kind of stuff is always going to be around social networks. It's kind of like the fungus that just grows on the side of like trying to game the system. And I don't think it's, it's, there may be these little avenues where people get a little short term gain trying to game a system, but I don't think long term it, it really works. You You have to actually be good. <laughs> at yeah. some point plus it's also it's kind of a shame because um they they make it worse for everyone i mean they what i said they they create mistrust and suspicion and in the end it's 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 not like it's embarrassing to have like 200 or 300 likes on facebook if you're a local band that's nothing to be ashamed of so why fake ha having like that much of a big fan base it's it's there's no point in it so that's what grinds my gears <laughs> <laughs> all right so let's get into bassists yeah bassists <laughs> yeah it's me i'm the bassist <laughs> <laughs> we're all bass okay maybe we're not all bassists but um i like to pick up a bass every once in a while but it's nice to have someone who who probably plays it a lot more bass than i do um on the show so What's it like being a bassist? Uh, I see we have some TV tropes commentary to lay down. I don't know. I um, <laughs> don't consider myself... I wouldn't consider myself a, a pure bassist or even a, a traditional one. I mean, I'm, I'm, uh, I, I pick up the, uh, picked up the bass in, in high school, um, um, just like Paul McCartney did because I was the worst guitarist in the band. So... Um, But I, but, but it grew on me and I, um, stuck with it. And, um, I don't consider myself a very good musician because I never, I, I wasn't taught or anything. I taught it myself. And, um, it's, it's very unorthodox. The way I play is, is not traditional bass like you, you would expect it to be. Um, so I can't really tell what, what it is <laughs> that, that makes a, a typical bassist. I mean, I, yeah, yeah. So TV tropes had some great, uh, uh, just pulling together kind of the stereotypes out there in, in media about bassist, and and so I mean, the prominent one would be the nobody loves bassist that they're just. Yeah. It's not so much that they're ridiculed; they're just kind of ignored. So drummers get ridiculed, but bassists get ignored, and it's it's always about the leading man, the front man, and. Uh, I think, you know, that's pretty easy to see that happening in film and, and, and so forth. And even when people think of bands, they, they might be able to name the lead singer, but they're, they're, they're a true fan if they can name the rest of the people. And that's kind of just how it works. Yeah. I, I, I always get reminded of the saying that, uh, you only notice the bassist when he's gone from the song when suddenly <laughs> the low end is gone. And, And also, my my fiance always proclaims that he doesn't just he just can't hear the bass. He's always <laughs> I, I can't hear it. I can't hear it. Where there's I mean I know there's bass there, but 
Okay, so there are different notes that <laughs> I'm not trying to, not trying to throw him under the bus here, but <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's like, it's like a high pass filter. So. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Which is a shame because not only is bass super important to the rhythm, but it, there's just great stuff that happens on bass. I, I mean, no one here on this podcast is going to deny that bass is awesome and, and worthwhile and an important part of most music. Um, but it is portrayed in media kind of as an afterthought, like, ah, eh, you're just hitting the low notes so that the song moves forward. <laughs> I think that's because in in most of pop music, what 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 you listen to on the radio, this is exactly what happens with bass. You know, it's reduced to the most basic lines that barely have any character or distingu distinguishing. It's it's just 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 hit the root note and on yeah, every bar because and that's it's it. because uh, I think it's for for many reasons. First of all, it's people that listen to mainstream radio don't care anyway you know they they it's it's not like they are most of the people are, are, are musicians and they won't notice anything that happens in the low areas and uh, it might also be a technical thing that you know radios uh, speakers in in cars uh, stuff like that if you, if you got a shitty radio you can't <laughs> hear the bass anyway so It's it's not yeah. necessary for pop songs to have a complicated baseline. It's just it doesn't fulfill any purpose. Yeah, and people are people are really listening to the voice. Um, like eighty percent of their attention is on the voice. Yeah, and the rest maybe some hooks and maybe yeah. a guitar lick or something, but that's about it. And to yeah. come at that, we've seen that mostly your strategy is to go up into the higher registers where <laughs> our guitar our ex uh, guitars are. So he's pushing us up into the higher notes because he's yeah. coming from the bottom like, nope, that's my octave now. And then <laughs> it isn't always like that. So I'm, I always got to bounce around the 12th fret on my guitar because there's no space down. Because well, I'm to... on the 12th one on my bass. <laughs> yeah. So it's fine. I have to say though that, uh, I mean, there's famous examples of more melodic, high, high register bass lines. I mean, I just think of Joy Division as a great example of some of that stuff. And they, they weren't afraid to kind of abdicate the super low end and just to kind of play in, in, in weirder spot, weirder spots for the bass. Um, no, I'm interested in this sort of traditional versus unorthodox bass playing. Like what, you know, can you describe a little bit of like when you approach a song, like how you write parts or, you know, what kind of strategies you use? Um, it's, it's in, in general, it's, um, not that much orientated on um, the drums. Not at first. That's because most of the time when we write songs, we don't have drums uh, initially because uh, most of the basic ideas start on guitar, I think, uh, in most cases. So um, we start from there. So I'm not tied to any drum rhythm in, in the first place. Um, secondly... I, I I guess I, I write songs more from the uh, guitarist point of view. So I try to get away from chords and try to look for for small licks or riffs that can be played. And usually I try them both uh, on the low end of the bass and on the high end of the bass. And from case to case, I decide what sounds better. And um, I usually completely ignore the fact that there should be 
a base a, a very low baseline if I, I i i'm not afraid to drop it completely so there are parts in our songs that are really high and and don't have this low fundament i just ignore that But that's also then part of the dynamic that sometimes we in, in the next section of the song we switch to the, you switch to the low end and it suddenly has a very very different feeling like we had uh, with the song from Y a few episodes back where the chorus drops and suddenly everything's in low end then the verse comes back and everything's high again so it, it's just another a different dimension of dynamics other than just loudness and 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 melody against harmony and it's, yeah and you it's get not, some contrast. Not not to get me wrong, it's not that extreme like you mentioned Joy Division. Um like in, in uh New Order, the the follow follow up of Joy Division. It's it's even more extreme because uh the bassist um in in some songs the bassist does not play low at all because he's solely concentrated on, on, on the high end of the bass. And it's not that extreme with us. I, I usually switch between high and low depending on what part of the song it is so it's not that extreme hmm. what kind of bass do you play um my main axe is uh fender jazz um and i also got um a schecter ultra bass i don't know if, if schecter is, is known in the states i'm not as familiar with that it's it's not a big company um But they do make very fine gear for very affordable price, and um, it's it's basically two extremes. Um, the Fender Jazz bass is um, very versatile, and I love the neck. Um, but it's very limited um, fret-wise, which is a funny thing to say to as a bassist, I guess. <laughs> um, but it's it's. 20 frets are not enough in, in all the, of the cases. So the Schecter right. bass, um, I think it's got 23 or 22 frets, which is, it's all right. Yeah. So it's a more modern bass. It's say. 22. Mm -hmm. Gotcha. And uh, so do you use any pedals? Like, what, you know, what's your whole chain? Um, very basic, actually. Uh, I play a Trace Elliott um, 1210 combo. Um, usually with uh, a lot of overdrive. Um, I, I don't use any overdrive pedals because the natural tube overdrive is more than enough. Um, and uh, chorus, but that's about it. Very prominently featured in every... So you never, <laughs> no, you never really switches I, it I, off. It's gonna, just yeah, fixed I, I, in the chain on top of the amp. It's, it's hardwired. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, uh, I, I use a very extreme uh, equalizer tuning. Um, where I drop all the mids almost completely. It's like shaped like a U because the bass and the, the high frequencies are very, very high. Whereas uh, uh, I always remember hearing in my recording school, they, they called that the disco smile because that's how you mix a disco song because it's just nice. bass and treble. <laughs> I never only. heard of that, but I definitely <laughs> implement that in my We're going to adopt that. Yeah, yeah. That's <laughs> yeah but, but the fact that, I mean, it's, it is basic, but it is special especially compared to other bass, usual traditional basses, but um, that that's always then the more or less the problem when we are playing with other bands and sharing our amps or generally sharing equipment is that, um, yeah, we need to pop that chorus somewhere and then you got to tweak, tweak the equalizer. So <laughs> otherwise, otherwise this guy won't be happy. So <laughs> The problem is that most uh, bass amps do have... Um, 
an equalizer that is tied in lows, low mids, high mids, and highs. Yeah, which, the four knobs. Which is exactly what I don't, I can't <laughs> use. You know, I, I got a graphic equalizer so I can uh, turn down uh, yeah. each frequency. Make your own curves. And to get the U, to to get this U shape, you would need a um, exactly centered mid poti. But you, most of them have high mids and low mids, which uh, I can't compute with. It's just with. <laughs> the crossover where you're trying <laughs> to get up again. Yeah, it's exactly what I yeah. don't need. So, um, uh, And I, I'm not even... I don't like to be peckish or something, but it's just... Um, I can't well, work with that. <laughs> yeah, you're getting the sound you want and that, that tool doesn't help you get there. So it makes sense. Um, I do want to talk about this this uh, attempt to render bassists less important. Um, this thing called a little thunder. Did you, both of you watch this video at all? I watched it. Did you watch it? I did, and um, I'm of course obliged to say to call heresy. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so just no, to uh, describe it, so uh, a little yeah. thunder is a a special guitar pickup that you can you can switch on and off that will take the bottom two strings of a guitar and and drop them an octave and and feed that through out your you know your standard guitar cable to your amp and you'll have it'll turn your low strings into low <laughs> into a bass sound basically and you know there's some customization you could say i only want the bass sound or i want it to be mixed with my guitar normal pickup um and there's just lots of like little clips of different bands metal bands blues bands and they're just all like delightfully laughing as they introduce low end to their guitar part and uh you know the product is, if we set that aside for one second i have to say about this video that um the video is ridiculous so watch the yeah. video just because it's <laughs> funny um but this the guy feels like Apparently his topic is not interesting enough because he like has to put in stupid jokes every other minute or he's like, how about the low end? And like this bikini shows up and then he's like, not that low end record scratch. It's yeah, just like, come on, man. About that one too, yeah. <laughs> it's just so groan worthy. But anyway, what did you guys make of this guitar pickup and sort of the insinuation like, you know, is this just a tool for the singer songwriter that is, you know, not friendly enough to get someone to play bass for him, or is it, a, a, you know, an assault on the the sacred ground of bass playing? I think it's, I think it's the former. I mean, I, I gotta say, I liked how it sounded. I, I don't. The thing is, the the video didn't really do a good job at conveying the low end because I remember when I watched it and I listened to it, I had my headphones on, so I know it. there was no speaker distortion or anything. Um, and it, it didn't really, it, it kind of clipped at some parts. So I thought, okay, it, it doesn't sound perfect, but I got to say it sounds better than just putting an octave or pedal in there, which just most of the time, I know a lot of those uh, that just generate a, a square wave, like an octave below or two octaves below, which is a fun effect, but just doesn't sound anything like bass at all. So yeah. it did sound like bass, but there were some issues that I found in the audio. And um, yeah, I mean, I can, can imagine it uh, when I'm just playing with a guitar with a clean sound. And as they say in the video, I just want some low end in there. It's not really to, to fulfill any other purpose, to, to build any kind of interesting harmonies. It's just like, yeah, fill it up. Yeah, there's nothing down there. Let's, let's put something in there. But yeah, in a band setting, um, I don't know. It's, um, <laughs> it's we, you gotta be desperate to to not find a basis that you could resort to to using the little thunder there. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's um, 
I actually liked the idea in, in, in at first glance. Um, and it, I, I agree that it sounded quite well, a lot more natural than anything that you could produce with uh, like a pedal or something like that. And I do agree that there might be uses for people who really are playing solo, you know, just guitar and, and, and vocals maybe. Um, for any other use that they also featured in the videos and stuff like that, it's kind of superfluous. I, um, it, it's so, it's just so specialized. The use is so specialized that I can't imagine anything that, that really needs this feature. It's, it's, I, I, it serves no purpose other than, um, giving a guitar the low end that the bass should do. And if you don't have a bassist in your band, then you probably should just drop the guitar and and play bass, <laughs> and and get a second guitarist. I don't know. It, it's it just it 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 just doesn't work out. I mean, I can't imagine any case in a real band that consists of a couple of people where this is really necessary. It's just maybe for one song yeah. as as a special feature or something like that. Yeah, I think it'd be most attractive to kind of the one-man band that's surrounded by keyboards yep. and just wants his one guitar to kind of have a bigger range to it. Yeah. But it's a it's a hilarious video. Uh, it's it's so <laughs> ridiculous. So at least just go check it out for that reason, even if you might not be taking the guts out of your guitar to, to add this pickup in there. <laughs> but it is a unique approach. Instead of trying to do kind of a, a pedal or something further down the chain, They they actually intercept the initial vibrations of your metal and and actually route it differently so it's it's a neat little gadget and it's a neat little project but yeah the, the musical application is you know i think my favorite example was one of the like finger picking examples when the guy was just doing sort of a singer songwriter kind of song and it just kind of warmed it up kind of filled it out a bit um but again that would only be useful live because when you're recording you should just get a bass <laughs> <laughs> That would be my thought. Um, So with that, um, we do have a, a, to shift topics a little bit to talk about where and how you buy music. First off, do you buy music anymore? And, and, or do you just stream it? Uh, Are we all Spotify fans? Um, I don't know. What do you guys think? Well, um, I still buy music. I mean, in, in the last few years, there has been a small revival of the vinyl. So I, I do own some vinyls of a couple of bands that I'm very fond of. Um, but usually my the act of buying music has, except for this, has completely stopped. I mean, I, uh, I don't use iTunes because I don't like it. <laughs> <laughs> um, what a controversial I, I, opinion. <laughs> yeah. No, it's... it's I, I, um... I sometimes uh, buy music on Bandcamp, and I like this this uh, way of selling your stuff a lot because the the way it's it's very straight, you know, from the artist to the audience. And I think that this is um, the future of how music should be promoted. Um, yeah, apart from that, I usually stream music. Um, yeah, as as you as you mentioned, Spotify. Um, because I think that's a very uncomplicated way to to support the artist, you know, with the minimum of effort. <laughs> Let's say like this: you yeah. know, you, you don't want to buy the record because maybe it's not 
good enough or you don't have the money. But at least with uh, streaming by Spotify, you can do a small part in it. You know? Yeah. And, uh, you know, it's even better than, I mean, a lot of people use YouTube for music discovery and it's pretty great for that. Um, but you, you might just be benefiting some random guy who uploaded the song instead of the artist. And, and I mean, my understanding is Spotify doesn't pay very well, but it's still better than nothing. Yeah. <laughs> You're still directly supporting the artists on some level after the, you know, several robber barons intercept most of the cargo. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And after all, why not? It's free. Um, if you don't mind the, uh, advertising and, um, it's, it's, it's not piracy, which is, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's all right. I mean, I, w I wouldn't yeah. mind anyone listening to my records solely on Spotify. Um, and I guess that people who, um, I, I don't think there are people who, who thrive on soul support from, from streaming services. So it's, yeah. I, I don't, it, it doesn't hurt anyone. Let's take that. Yeah. I'm with you with, uh, I, I like buying vinyl again, or I'm, I'm trying to hold out till we live in a bigger place. because I'm trying not to just fill up with stuff. I don't have room to store, but I'm, I like buying vinyl, especially because they always come with a download code now. And it's just, you know, it just makes it, you know, it's not a decision anymore. It's like, Oh, then I will buy the awesome vinyl with the, you know, the 12 by 12 beautiful artwork. At, and, It's just a great way to, you know, we're weirdly human. We love to collect things for some reason. And yeah. um, it's nice to get the, the, you know, buying a CD just feels wrong now. It's like, what yeah. what am I like? The only thing I'm going to do is rip it. Because if I use it in my <laughs> exactly. car, it's, it listens to CDs. <laughs> yeah. It's And cool. at home, you, on, you only see like half an inch sticking out from, from your... Uh, from where all your CDs are. So you got this whole wall of CD, but every album is just this little small piece <laughs> yeah. of, of nothingness, yeah. not even artwork. It's mostly just the text on the background. So yeah. And the, yeah, the jewel I've, cases just get cracked immediately. Yeah. yeah. So that, that's mostly the reason why I still sometimes buy vinyl. Um, I've, I've stopped in, in, in recent years because I don't, I, I do have a record player, but I don't have the stereo for it anymore because my, my amp, broke one day and i never replaced it and but there's some bands that i will always think i would think i think i will always buy the vinyl of because they always have awesome big covers and as you said it's always uh the download code that comes with it and other than that if i have a choice i i prefer buying it through through Bandcamp. and if it's not on there i'm mostly just gonna stream it so not download it or buy it anywhere it's just if it's streamable i got it everywhere I I just now this month I started actually paying for Spotify Premium after testing it for like a month and I I gotta say it it worked on me the promotion <laughs> I, I I for the first time today I listened to um to the Spotify advertising again on a different account and I never want to hear that again it's just just the jingle playing this. And they're so they're so good oh, at like no, they yeah. if you're using the app and not the web player they'll detect your system volume and if you mute your computer or turn it down yeah. they'll pause the ad it's, yeah, it's smart they about do that. that yeah I yeah. hate that I'm ready well, for the, the the future of television where it like knows you're not looking at the TV and it's like sorry this ad won't advance until you're yeah. staring at the TV the thing yeah, with the 1984 2.1. <laughs> but the, the thing with the ads is I, I don't really mind ads in general, but the problem is that they are too random, too random in two aspects. They're too randomly placed and 
the genre that is advertised to is just random. So yeah, I don't want to hear I mean, about I, fifty cents to rent. Yeah, I, I, I even got <laughs> I even got my Spotify account linked to my Last of M, which still exists surprisingly, and they they know everything I like. They recommend me the right stuff if I go to the Discover page. There's actually good music in there, but yeah, then we get. 50s i I get hip-hop play to me which i just don't listen to on my spotify except for one or two artists and it's just everybody gets the same advertisement or at least depending on location so there's some advertisement that are just for germany exclusively and the other thing is just the placement sometimes i'm listening to a cigarros album and the 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 songs sag into each other and right in the middle (laughs) yeah there's some german (laughs) folks music playing Well, I think it's obvious why this happens is the, the, the recommendation page is actually an algorithm trying to find things you like. The ads yeah. are highest bidder. It's, you yeah. know, maybe there's a little bit of like, oh, you're a male 18 to 35. But, you know, beyond like some simple basic demographic targeting, it's yeah. probably not nearly as customized as their actual recommendation engine. And which is a shame because, I mean, that's sort of the, the I mean, we've talked about this on flipping tables like it's not that targeted ads are evil it's just i wish they were a lot better yeah <laughs> like, exactly i re- i bought tickets to go see sufjan next month and i keep getting ads about buying tickets to go see sufjan and i'm like you're so close <laughs> like advertise me something else i already bought the tickets yeah i, I recently had to replace my 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 computer monitor because it started smoking randomly and yeah, Amazon is still showing me new computer monitors, although I already got mine. And they yeah. should know that because I bought them from them. <laughs> yeah, why can't they close the loop? Just that last mile of like, you already yeah. know so much about me. Why can't you just know the one more thing and, and fi- finish yeah. it? Yep. So it yeah. seems like we're all in a similar place of yeah. streaming a lot and Bandcamp's a great source. Um just one Not, thing. When was the last time you actually left your home to buy a record in a store? Uh, it was probably physically. when I was out of town. I was in San Diego with my my oldest brother Matt, and it was it happened to be the weekend of Record Store Day, so he wanted to go check it out. And so I don't actually remember which record I may have bought, but that was probably years ago. Years, yeah, I, I, I'll go with years. Um, the la- but the last time I bought a vinyl, it was um, on a concert. That's that's where I mainly buy uh, stuff related to bands, anyway. Um, so I, I don't know when I stepped into a music shop, a music store last time. It's must be years. <laughs> yeah, I think my last city also was. I think it was from the last Guar concert that I visited four years ago. Uh, was I bought a CD there, but other than that, yeah. I mean, we don't even really have any record stores here anymore. I mean, I know of one here in Gelsenkirchen. Are there any in Bochum? Yeah, there might might be one or two. Yeah. What, one that is uh, specialized in vinyls. So I, I used to browse there once in a while, but it's as I said, it's it must be years ago that I went there. And it's yeah. just a Other classic, yeah. a classic case of internet disruption. Because why would you go to the record store? Because it was the only way to hear new stuff. Um, it was just a really convenient way. Like, oh, there's a bunch of new CDs. I'll have them all loaded up in one of those god awful headphone machines, and you know, <laughs> you'll spin them. And with the worst bass response, <laughs> <laughs> it was whatever the '90s version of Beats was, or yeah. <laughs> um, and I mean, all those reasons have just been chipped away by fast, available, ubiquitous mobile streaming. And so 
and unless you like the dude behind the counter and just want to go talk to him all the time, like you got Jack Black from High Fidelity or something. Hey, I sang, I sang that titular line on that song. <laughs> <laughs> I, we're just going to link that in show notes and <laughs> yeah. leave that for listeners to discover. Yeah. So I guess yeah. just to, to tie this up, um, you mentioned that Bandcamp seemed like a, a nice model for how this should work in the future. Um, is is it how it's going to work in the future? Do you think people will continue to buy music in song or album chunks? Or is it is the Spotify model going to just completely railroad over it and that'll just be 99.9% of people? Um, well... Yeah, so mostly on Bandcamp, when I when I actually buy an album, it's after I've listened to it through Bandcamp through the player four or five times, and then I decide, yeah, now I've I've heard it enough. I know I'm I'm like I like it, and then I'm gonna buy it. Which is actually the way that I discovered your music. I just played it, and then suddenly I said, okay, let's let's buy this. And so um, it's more like I, I handle it more like a kind of tip jar. So I say, okay, I, these are 10 songs and I like all of them and I play them almost every day. This is worth $10 to me. But on this other album, I only like two songs. So I'm only going to pay for those two songs. Although I'm going to download the whole album, there's, I, I'm only going to listen to those two songs. So I'm not going to pay for the rest, which is nice because, um, yeah, you, you're, 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 um, still supporting the artist it's it's kind of like uh an in a feedback so I'm, I'm not writing that artist hey you know those songs suck but i like those two but <laughs> it's it's kind of like it's By in the, the numbers <laughs> it's it's in the numbers there that uh i i pay for how much i think the album is gonna be played for me yeah um i would i would agree to that i i like the concept of not being dependent on the all or nothing policy, you know, um, to, to be able to pick your favorites and pay for only them. But I very much hope that the basic concept of an album as it was, as it still is in some cases, won't be dropped completely because I think that an album in itself is, um, is, is in most, in in the best case, an album is uh, a piece of artwork and the the songs are deliberately arranged in that way so in in the best case the artists try to to say something by arranging by lining the songs in this order so i think we shouldn't neglect the the basic concept of an album but um i'm 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 fine with people picking their favorite songs and playing them and solely paying for them if if that's what they wish, I, I think that's yeah. that's all right. I mean, to I, do, take, I do that too. So to take your sort of analogy of the the artist making a statement with the the placement and juxtaposition of the songs, you could take it to a um, kind of an absurd level. And like, what if people were able to buy individual notes and arrange? Yeah, it yeah, just I have feel the like exact thought right now. Yeah, <laughs> the strange itemization of everything. Um, and I guess, you know, if you really wanted to force it on your, your, you know, most listeners, you would just release your album as one giant 40 minute track. And <laughs> yeah, the, the real industrious people will chop that up anyway into the parts they love. But most people are like, Oh, I guess this is, this is it. <laughs> so yeah. Um, I wonder if we'll have much more to say about this or if it's going to take another 10 years before there's something interesting to say about music distribution again. But. Um, 
seems like we've kind of settled into Bandcamp and streaming kind of models, or I guess iTunes was a before Bandcamp, but similar idea. Um, so Matt, you want to bring us into this next section? Yeah, this, uh, guilty I, I think, pleasures. Uh, yeah, so um, I, I thought of another topic, and then it reminded me of some older topics we were talking about. So I think there's there's place for another recurring segment. Um, and it's the it's okay if you do that segment <laughs> so we're gonna need a theme song for that um but so so this time i i stumbled upon a reddit thread where um there was a discussion about if you're doing sampling if you sample other people's sounds or records or just anything i mean sampling can be I mean, it can go out with a field record and uh record the birds in the in nature and then do an ambient album from that and so uh, the thing is, people. Some people say, "Yeah, if you're not producing the sound yourself, it's you're not doing it yourself." And and completely shoving aside right now the the copyright aspect of it. Of course, there's some some licensing problems or just just a lot of legal stuff in the background. But other than that, just the musical aspect. Um, I just think that that's complete bullshit. So um, <laughs> and 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 it's, uh, always this analogy comes up that. Yeah, so um did you buy your guitar uh, did you build the guitar you're playing yourself? Did you play uh did you yeah. build the piano yourself? So did are you, you really create the universe? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So uh are you really responsible for the exact sound that's coming out of your instrument or is it just like so if you're buying a guitar you're more or less buying a preset of sounds <laughs> that can be reproduced and then you of course you fill up the chain with a different amp maybe but you're always dependent on things that other people have produced for you and um i mean there, there's a difference then if you come to to synthesis where there's also a lot of presets and synthesizers and you can make your own but even then it's like yeah but the signal chain and the oscillators and the way the filter sounds <laughs> where do you even start there's yeah. just no point in drawing a line anywhere yeah and Unless, of course, you start getting to a territory of ripping off complete sounds, uh, not sounds, but songs. Otherwise, I would have been the Marvin Gaye estate right here with this argument. <laughs> because obviously, even the sounds now are a problem in the, yeah. in, in the legal world of music. But no, so there, there, you can't really draw a line there unless you're really at, at the point where a song has been ripped off with yeah. all the melodies and all that. But just the sound, please, no. No. Yeah, well, and the only thing I have to bring up is like Andy Warhol's Campbell Soup, you know, paintings or yeah. or photographs. Like, yeah, he didn't create the Campbell Soup can, but that's still art. What he's doing, and you know, yeah. or Marilyn or his Marilyn Monroe's or any of his his weird yeah. repetitive color play modern yeah. art things. And well, to me, it's the maybe same just, thing. Or maybe just any photographer that's photographing <laughs> nature or the streets or people. It's like, I, I, unless you're only exclusively uh, photograph, uh, taking photographs of your children, no, you didn't make this. <laughs> I made these. And, and even then, so you only I made can... half of it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so uh, so the, the point in this, uh, as I said, it's the okay if you do that segment. So um, if I go back to the synthesis, I still sometimes use a lot of presets that come with my synthesizers and because I like them because they fit the song and I, I, I come to a part in my songwriting process where I say hey I can use that one sound that I remember that I like to use and I'm just gonna put it in there and be done with it because I don't have to do my own and um, yeah it's it's just the same thing again don't don't uh, 
don't bring yourself down because you're using presets. Presets are okay if you like them and if they fit the song. Maybe you can tweak them a little bit, but other than that, go ahead, use them if they yeah. fit. And I'd also yeah. go with a, a Roger Ebert quote about film, and he said, it's not what it's about, it's how it's about it. And I would use that for music too, that it's it's not just the tools you use and if you invented them or created them or are completely responsible. It's it's what you're doing with them. That's why we want to listen. We want to hear the kind of the effect of your strategy and you know what the end result is. And so you can have Indiana Jones, which is like using very tropey stuff about it, you know, the hero's journey and um the way certain scenes play out, but it's so masterfully done. Um, to use that film as an example that, you know, there's a million things in that genre that are just kind of terrible, but then the, that film shows up and it's like, yeah, I'm going to trope all the things and I'm going to do it so well that everyone's going to love it. <laughs> I guess um, it all comes down to, you know, the whole world is a preset, so <laughs> it doesn't really matter. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. That's awesome well, to say just, that. Just to make that clear, you were talking about the old Indiana Jones movies, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> Not the Crystal Skull. <laughs> yeah. I mean, for me, it comes down to Raiders of the Lost Ark and then Last Crusade. Yeah. Temple of Doom, I can take or leave. And I, they didn't make a fourth one, did they? No. <laughs> no, I, I don't think so. <laughs> well, they shouldn't. That would be It'd ridiculous. Be a bad idea. <laughs> Look how old Harrison Ford is. That would be ridiculous. <laughs> or think about... Uh, shooting a new Star Wars movie with Harrison Ford. Ridiculous <laughs> idea. Yeah, he'd Can't probably break his leg or crash down. a plane. <laughs> All right. So that's the end of our, our presets for this week. And now we're coming <laughs> to our pick of the week. And I don't even know what order. You want to you want to roll some dice? Anyone want to jump in first? I uh, think our guest should start. Okay. Ooh, thank you. Thanks a lot. Well, uh, my, my uh, pick of the week, um, my first one and the only one, <laughs> I guess, is um, Desolate Sands by the Blue Angel Launch. Um, and it's uh, a kind of gothy song by a band that has sadly broke up uh, last year. Uh, a German-based band. Um, the song is a good example of how the band works and how, how they sound. It's uh, very minimalistic, um, even sparingly used instruments um, in a way that um, the song builds up every instrument has a serves a single purpose and it's uh, yeah the, the bass for example a very good part is where the bass kicks in the first time in the chorus and uh, before that the first intro the verse um, there's only that organ which is very characteristic on that album um, and some just some percussion and the voice um and the moment the bass kicks in you immediately it, it, it sounds very distinctive and after the chorus uh the bass is dropped again so every instrument is used very um yeah specifically you know so let's and, check um, out oh sorry no um it's it's and the mood is basically very gloomy um it's it sounds like taken out of the 80s you know 80s british 80s post-punk goth thing but it's actually a band of like the 2000s so let's hear some desolate sands
So, did you have a chance to check out the song? Yeah, and what immediately drew me into the song was the drum beat, and maybe that's just my history as a drummer that I, I kind of zero in on that as my first thing, but the, the kind of the brush shuffle beat was just perfect and it just made me it just hooked me immediately and it's kind of hypnotic and i think the organ and all the other elements as they came in really played into that um just kind of a, this this hypnotic pattern that it just made me want to keep listening so that was my favorite part of the song and for me it was just the whole aesthetic of the song and uh mostly i think carried by the vocalist who also has a very distinctive uh, vocal sound which is not not completely my cup of tea, but I can listen to it and it doesn't like wear me out or anything. And um, also the funny thing is that the first time I heard the song, which was before here, yeah, so I, I listened to it in one of your playlists on Spotify mm -hmm. or something. And, and yeah, when that song came, came on, my fiance said, Oh, it's, it's Benny music. So we <laughs> actually have a genre for the music he likes to listen to. And if we find something that you don't know yet that we consider Benny music, that's a feed, isn't it? Yeah. We can just suggest it to you. So, uh, it, it has a very Benny sound to it. <laughs> Quite a feat. I think we should start tagging music on, on all the platforms, <laughs> Benny music and yeah, create a new genre. Do. I, that. I, yeah. We need to I get that, that into the official, like, there's folk, rock, and then Benny. It's just like that yeah. top-level genre. <laughs> Excellent. Well, I'll, I'll hop in next. Um, my pick of the week was a song called Too Old to Die Young. Very, very clever title. Um, by the band Timber Tambor, a very, very clever band name. Um, they may, they may be a little too clever, but the, I, I really like the production on this song. And I would draw attention primarily to what I detected as kind of three different branches. Like there's, there's these guitars that are very verbed out. They're very reverby. Um, whereas the rhythm section is kind of dry as possible. And then kind of splitting the difference there is the vocals have a very distinctive delay on them. And I think the way he sings plays in really well to the use of delay on the vocals. But I just, it just seemed like a really deft use of those three, um, elements that were applied very specifically to different parts of the instruments. And so you have the atmospheric guitars, but then sometimes those pull out and you just have this like super dry drum beat underneath these delayed vocals. So let's hear a little bit of Too Old to Die Young by Timber Tamber. So what did you guys think of this song? Um, well, it's, it's immediately, immediately, um, caught me with, uh, what you just said. The, the effects are taken to the extreme, um, in a way that makes them not only, uh, supporting the instrument itself, but, but becoming a part of the song itself. You know, most, most of the time effects are used to underline a specific hook line or something like that. In this case, the effects used are what makes the song. Um, but I, I must say, uh, we we uh, watched the the music video to the song while while listening to it, and it's like super weird, weird drawn. <laughs> yeah. 
stuff. Yeah, it's all like pencil. It's definitely not safe for work. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's faces. Yeah, we this, that. <laughs> Lots of weird transform transformations and. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's very weird. I mean, also the lyrics are totally, I mean, very cryptic, you know, not not making much sense, very arty, but I liked it somehow. Yeah, so for me, uh, also my, my focus was mostly on, on the, the delay on the vocals. And the thing I liked about it is not only the sound of it, but just the, the this this boldness in there that, um, that um, you... At some point in the production, they chose let's go with this with this with this uh, delay, with this very low feedback. So only the 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 thing the things he's saying they only get repeated once. Where usually you're using a delay with uh, a little bit more feedback, so it's it's echoing back a little bit more. But once you only have a feedback of of like yeah on most on most effects it's like zero percent where it's, you only get it back once. It it has a very distinctive sound, and I actually really like just the bold decision that has been made. I, I like it when when songs uh, there there are songs that are taking very bold stances on on how they are mixed and how how the effects are used, and you can't do that with every song. And then you you would wear the effect down, and it wouldn't be special anymore. But in this sound, it's song, it it just fit in perfectly, and I just like how they said, "Yeah, let's let's go with that delay." It's, it's it's, it's yeah. just in there. They didn't half-ass it. They whole-assed it. Yeah. <laughs> to Ron Swanson this. So, Matt, what was yours? Um, my pick of the week was Russell X by the band Holy Fuck. And I I I wanted to pick something by Holy Fuck earlier in, in our runtime, but um, it was hard to decide. But I finally picked Russell X. For one, for one reason is that it doesn't appear on any of their albums or singles. It's just a free track that they just randomly shout out from their, from their website. And I caught it by accident and I love it to death. And the thing about this song is that it portrays some of the main aspects of Holy Fuck, I think, very well. And they're, they're mostly categorized as like electronic noise rock. So, um, they 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 they're using like mixes and guitar pedals and um and keyboards and toy keyboards and just toys in general to to create some electronic music with with a bass and and drums in the and in, in there as well and uh, there, there's like no no digital nothing digital in there no computers or anything and it has a very raw sound and what i think they i really love about what they use is they they're using noise as an instrument so uh, especially in this song, you can hear how they are they are feeding some noise into a pedal and then they stutter it with a with a button. And uh, I, I've I've seen it in person. It's like this this homemade thing with a red button, like from almost like from a game show or from from an arcade game. <laughs> and they and every time he hits it, the noise goes through. So it's like a reverse gate. And they're creating this effect. It's like scratching on a vinyl record, and it's it's just. I'm I'm just gonna play someone here so, instead of just describing <laughs> instead it. of just gushing. Yeah. Okay, so did you get a chance to listen to the song? 
I did. Um, and I, I think the, the real star is the rhythm on this song. I mean, the, the vocals are, are way in the background. They're scattered on the sides. It's not like a, you know, it's not about the vocals. It's about everything else. Yeah. And um, I, I liked that it almost sounded like bit crushers or some kind of weird effects on some of the the rhythm sounds that just the way they were bouncing around it was very very pleasing to listen to yeah. and uh you know just good solid rhythm like enjoyable on um, you know even without all the icing on top of the the stuttered and, and the other effects that it's just a good rhythm yeah me too i mean um it's it's it reminded me of some kind of uh video game soundtrack um for a song that would be played for very tense specific scenes in a video game or a movie maybe um i i i didn't know holy fuck before but i never uh, heard of the song before um i i think i will add it to to uh, one of my playlists to your hidden treasures yeah yeah which are not <laughs> hidden because th this is the only public playlist in spotify i got <laughs> um but anyway no it's it's i i I get what you mean by saying this is, uh, you know, noise in its in its pure. Yeah, noise is used as as a, as a form of art, and it works very well in that song. I think. All right, and there we have bits and pieces episode nine. Be sure to check out the show notes at sunriserobot.net slash bits and pieces slash nine. And we love conversation and feedback, so tweet at me on Twitter at Medwards Music and Matt's at Echo Locks E C H O L O X. And Benny, are you on Twitter? I'm not, but you can reach me uh, via the Salt the Skies page on Facebook. That works. Which is, uh, slash salt the skies <laughs> yeah we'll, we'll throw that in the show notes as well um be sure you subscribe if you're just checking out this episode on the web you can subscribe with your favorite podcast app and uh never miss an episode they'll just be delivered to your phone every week which is awesome um while you're at it if you're on our itunes page even if you hate itunes for every other reason um it's still an important avenue for podcasts discovery so people use it to find new shows so if, if you don't mind head to our itunes page and uh rate us and review us and let us know how we're doing and that helps us a ton if you want to support us directly you can go to our patreon at patreon.com slash sunrise robot and uh, there's some different levels there and one of which will get your name mentioned on our show and speaking of special thanks to bruce edwards for being one of our rock star patreon supporters yeah bruce um, and with that, that's our episode. I want to thank Benny for joining us today. Thanks so much for having me. And we'll see you next week. <laughs>